0: everything and change, the change. that war tool, make you open your brain, open your brain, Eric Vannick is here, so remember the name, remember the
1: name, hey, hey, hey. he got the waiver wire for the week, tell you who to start and who to give a oh. seat, dropping the podcast every week, uh. you know the knowledge is elite, after the
0: show we gon' hold a Lombardi, I'm um. celebrating like we throwing a party. party, this the blueprint and I know they gon' copy, copy. my man always go the hottest, cause this is America's game.
1: Shout out to, uh, before we start, shout out to Adam. Shout out to Fizzle. They absolutely both hit home runs on that. Grand Slams. That intro video that Adam put together, all the production behind it, man. Fucking killer. Uh, Fizzle on the beat, the song, the rapping. Oh, my God, man. Fizzle's the best.
0: It's so good. Um, I, I loved it right up until the part I had to relive last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, was right, so. Right
1: So kind of like a behind-the-scenes of how that all went about, I kind of told Adam, like, you know, hey, I want to get, like, a bunch of, like, different, like, from the eras of Super Bowls, like, you know, all these Super Bowl moments that everybody is you know, iconically seen. So, you know, you start out with Bart Starr, and you start out with Larry Zonka's in there running over Washington. You got, you know, he goes up to, you know, L.A., and you got Emmett in there. You got you know, the 70 Steelers, you got Tom Brady's throwing a touchdown in 2001, you know, all the way up to, you know, the Philly special and then last year's Super Bowl, man, uh, you know, I helped uh, Adam get a lot of those clips, but man, he hit it perfectly, Uh, had the entire picture in my head of what I wanted. Um it wasn't the first idea that that I had the, the first idea I had was kind of hard but uh Adam pivoted and just absolutely crushed a home run out of the park Barry Bonds into the into the bay like <laughs> no doubt about it gone home run so shout out to both Adam and Fizzle man they both uh, absolutely killed it
0: juiced on steroids and all man I, oh I was- god I love yeah. the little the little details of it. I mean, the clips mm-hmm. and in the graphic production, but you also kind of got that scaffolding, like you know when they used to do the old Monday Night Football intros, yeah. right? Yeah, yep, they, yep. they used to have it. How that was all set up. So uh, yeah, a yeah, little nostalgia right there for the for the old school football fans who've been around the block. You know, got a great oh, yeah. beard. <laughs> like hell I yeah, do. <laughs> yeah,
1: hell yeah. So that was uh, that was our little new video, our new tease. We've been kind of teasing it on social media the last couple of days. Uh, but hopefully, everybody, if you uh, are just a podcast listener, please log into the YouTube on Thursday evening and go watch the full video. Um, I'm sure we'll probably post it on Twitter too. Uh, but man, don't go go log in on YouTube. Do yourself a favor. Check out that video that Adam made because uh, not only is the song dope that Fizzle made, but the video added with it is just three grand slams in one. So. If that's even possible, yeah. Nailed absolutely it. nailed it. So appreciate you boys for doing that. But uh, hey, America's Game episode number ten. I am your host Eric Vanek, and Double you can find me game. on Twitter. Yep. I haven't got canceled yet.
0: Dope. At Eric Vanek NFL,
1: and then uh, as you can see, joined by my man Mike. What's going on, Mike?
0: Oh, you know, last day of my work at my old job, so you know, nice. living the dream, right? <laughs> absolutely. It was nice cleaning out my shit. <laughs> Oh hell yeah! Just having
1: and you probably did nothing all day, had no care in the world, like uh, anything like extra. Nope,
0: not doing it. Sorry. Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> no. I, yeah. it's been that way for about a week and a half now. So. Right.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna take this little extra yep. extra break today.
0: Yeah, they, they come they come ask you and you're like you're talking to the wrong dude. <laughs> okay. Absolutely, <laughs> That's absolutely. Um,
1: but yeah, man excited uh, another week in the books here too we're on the week five bye weeks are here hate the actual bye weeks man especially this week cause, like a lot of the good players it seems like are out for me like all these chargers players the seahawks browns players i have a ton of so it's like man we're already into that crap but you know having to deal with that
0: it is what it is but um Sure, makes setting lineups fun, huh? For the first time. Oh yeah, so you're,
1: yeah. So now we get into the, um, you know, trading part for like, you know, if there's injuries, I don't really know of one off the top of my head for this week, but, you know, say if Josh Jacobs was hurt, oh man, Zamir White becomes a guy that you can maybe trade, you know, something for because he's absolutely worthless right now. Um, But this comes into the into the uh, equation now. You got to start looking at your rosters. Yep. Hey, am I starting this guy this week? <clears throat> if not, put him on your trade block. See if you can get a third form or whatever they're worth. You know, we kind of were doing that with Josh Kelly's, the Matt Breedas the last couple weeks. So hopefully you guys cashed in on some of that. Um, hopefully you guys have been listening to this show as well. You had a bunch of Jaleel McLaughlin already because if you didn't have to spend uh, three hundred dollars on a, f- a fab on him this week for whatever reason, uh, hopefully you already had him on your roster. So.
0: This is this is why it's so damn important, right? To have just some thirds laying around, mm-hmm. just, just those free ones you got in the offseason. Absolutely, you know, just doing these little micro moves because now you're starting to see it. You go to a lineup league and you're like, oh, I gotta start this dude at wide receiver. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Yeah. Like, is there somebody out there I can buy? And I know we like to roster construct, you know, correctly, but not every team's gonna be perfect. And there's some of them where. You know, I had six, seven wide receivers that I thought were really good, but you take one or two injuries or, you know, a couple underperformances, you know, some uh, some prominent quarterbacks not playing very fucking well, and now all of a sudden it doesn't look very good for you. So you're going, man, uh, kind of glad I got them thirds laid around. Like, can I go, uh, you know, potentially get somebody that I can just start for one week and, and feel good about it, and definitely at the running back position because that's a colossal shit show every single year. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And then, you know, kind of get into our topic today. If you're one of these teams that are at the bottom of the standings, you didn't expect to be there. Yeah. If you got one of those 0-4s, 1-3s, and and it's not looking too good, you know, you've gotten some injuries already. Maybe you had Chubb and, you know, some other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Eckler, Chubb. Cooper to
0: start the year. Yeah. You had
1: Aaron Rodgers as your QB2, something like that. And you're just feeling it. You know, you're going to have to uh, make some trades here. And, you know, if you can sell some of your guys, like I've had to – I made a couple trades this week. I sold, um, you know, sold a Kyron Williams in a league. I sold – today I sold a Chuba Hubbard and a um, Jaleel McLaughlin together and got a second for both of them. Um, Another league I made – Another trade, I I traded Tannehill and Jalen Warren, and I got Jelani Woods, Sky Moore, and a draft pick. You know, I've seen some Tannehills, like, I've seen Tannehill go for a third today. I think that was kind of low. I think he's at least worth a second, especially to, like, a contender. But, hey, if you can only can't get a second for Tannehill, then it is what it is. But, um yeah, so there, there's trades to be had out there. If you're active right now, you can definitely make some moves to help your roster.
0: Yeah, um, I, I made some deals today too, just okay. speaking of it, just how it went out. But they were on the other side, you know, teams that I already knew were, were rebuilders and you had some assets and, you know, the bye week's coming. Now people got to start lineups and all of a sudden they're a little bit more apt to go, hey, <laughs> like I need that. Uh, I know you've been holding that uh, Devon Achan. <laughs> like, can I get him? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what the price is. You better come with the first or piss out of here right somebody will give them to me or another one I made uh I sent Dallas Goddard away you know in a league that I'm rebuilding for a 25 first you know it's two years out they don't really care but I'm just making the bet that it's a tight end and if you know anything about me and a warp tight ends man f them tight ends
1: <laughs> f yeah them,
0: especially on a rebuilder I don't really care I'll just take the draft capital two years down the road
1: yeah and goddard's been a little disappointing this year so far too. i
0: mean if you're a fan of like running for three yards out turning around and just catching a pass and falling down he's been pretty damn good at that
1: (laughs) yeah i unfortunately that doesn't get me a lot of fantasy points per week
0: Uh, not not a lot i mean yeah if if he had like points per effort i guess it would be pretty high (laughs) because he really gets out there and he really puts effort into those three yard out routes
1: all right yeah, hopefully he gets going though, man I have him on a few teams It We talk about it every single year with those like you know, mid-round tight ends that everybody tries to draft. You know, like Evan Ingram's been okay, but if you had Fryermuth, Muth, you had right. Goddard, like Dalton yeah, Schultz. Njoku yeah, Njoku's just balls. And jo- I mean, Njoku hasn't been – he's probably been the best of these ones on, we're talking about right now, to be honest, and that's, <laughs> that's not very good. Say, right? But, yeah, like Schultz, too. Like, I counted on him in some leagues.
0: Tyler even if, Higby, there was a little hype around him. Yeah,
1: Higby. Um, Darren Waller's been an absolute Ooh. dog shit. No, that whole quarterback yeah that whole team's been dog shit but um yeah so like if you had those mid-round tight ends man it's just it's not worth it you know to, to invest especially in redraft what you're going to have to um you're better off just you know if you punted and late hey i'll take last one to take a starting tight end i took uh i'll just take uh these rookie tight ends i'll take Laporta, kincaid or something hopefully one of them hits Laporta is, what a top five tight end right now, yes, sir. And dynasty is probably higher than that, so um, yeah, it's been uh, been a crazy year so far, I but mean, um,
0: there's gonna be conversation here real soon about Sam Laporta or Mark Andrews, like, they're, I, they're be, which is crazy.
1: yeah, I'm like, it's it's not crazy to put Laporta tight end three or four. I mean,
0: I mean, well, think about it the the topic of the show we're talking about what do you do if you're one of these guys who was a mm-hmm. contender and you may have got you know, you may have had some bad luck. To start the season right, like we didn't even mention the fact that Kelsey missed week one, which was just put you down, and that was somebody you were definitely relying on. What if you're sitting here and you're 0 4 Eric? Like you're 0 4, mm-hmm. you've had some injuries, it's not looking good, your points 4 isn't good, like there's not <laughs> a lot of hope. Maybe this week, too, like you play a, a team that's absolutely stacked, like you mm-hmm. could have the you could have the you'd be staring down the barrel 0 and 5. If you had Travis Kelsey on your squad, like just a reasonable pivot is it crazy to say that you could trade away Travis Kelsey to the guy who's got Sam Laporta straight up?
1: No, I don't think that's crazy. I would maybe try and even, you know, get something smaller back with it. But, right. um, I had me and I, um, a um, friend shout out to Chris Langsbury. We, uh, co-own a team and we had to trade. Uh, we started out, uh, I five. We won two games last week. This is a league where you play, um, Median baby, yeah, not median, but you have double headers. Oh, you play uh, two teams, yeah. One yeah, so I'm just pulling up the trade here while we're live. Uh, so we ended up trading uh, Alvin Kamara and Kelsey, and we got back Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, and a second round pick, our own second round pick back. So that's gonna probably be a high, right? High pick. Uh, and so I would
0: assume the plan is to move those running backs on any kind of.
1: Yeah, so we've been trying to move some of those guys. We also made – we actually tiered down from Josh Allen. We had Josh Allen. We moved down to Burrow and got a second. Okay. So that's helping us lose some points this year. So hopefully – I don't know if we're going to – because it's a double-copy league as well with 24 teams. So I don't know if we're going to be able to get the 101 or 102 to get uh, Caleb. But, hey, we could be in the sweepstakes for Drake May, I think it's not a bad um, place
0: to be too that guy's pretty good at football out right here. Right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, even Shadur Sanders if he becomes the real deal and comes out even too. <laughs> a little um, Nick's
0: if he gets up there, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, no
1: thanks. Um, I'll pass on that one. But um yeah, I mean, we got, you know, we've made some moves, so I I've this is probably the most trading I've done in probably a year. I mean, I've made about 8 to 10 trades over the last 3 or 4 days, so uh, didn't it, been wheeling and dealing
0: it's really heating up especially when we went through that dead period right where it felt like mm. nobody was at Their uh, on their phone or at their computer or looking at their leaks at all and you're like I wish we could get some trades done Right now here. We are it seems like every I don't know at least for me in 40 sleeper leagues that little sleeper Notification goes off about every five minutes every <laughs> five minutes right <laughs> whether it's me getting a trade or a counter Rejection or there's other trades going down all over these leagues
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, one trade that I did make, I actually kind of wanted to get your opinion on it. I traded away uh, Jordan Addison and a third-round pick, and I got Devin a chain back today. And it was a point-per-carry league. so yeah.
0: On a contender, I would.
1: Yes, on a contender. And Addison was my wide receiver four on that team. I, I have, <laughs> I have Jamar Chase, I have Jefferson, and I have C.D. Lamb on that team.
0: Like don't get me wrong, I won't panic on, on rookie wide receivers. Like I still have hope for Q J definitely you should still have hope for JSN. Uh, but Addison after last week too, like you look at it and you go, All right, this is why we always say don't rely on rookies on your contending teams. Like mm-hmm. just don't out outside of like running backs like some of those guys, but we've even seen the elite ones like Jonathan Taylor start slow in the past. Uh elite the elitist of wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, had a bad start to his career too. Oh, it's just yeah. it's just more proof that if you're if you draft a jordan addison and you're like this is the piece to put me over the top just know at the time you're making a bad decision so yeah you get in this far into the season you see a rookie like a chain producing you just go yeah this is an easy pivot for me let me just get these yeah. points in my lineup right now somebody else can enjoy the success of jordan addison if he has it later but if right. not you're getting out while he still holds a lot of value and you're getting into something that actually scores points for you this year. So, absolutely. Yeah. So deal. it's a,
1: and a point per carry league too, so uh even better.
0: I mean, I mean, if you honestly thought about it if we were to do a, a redo of the rookie draft right now and you were to say you're drafting from that 106 107 spot and you're a contender, <laughs> you're taking A-Chain over over Addison. Yep,
1: over Addison, over Quentin Johnston. No question.
0: Yep, easy. I
1: agree. Pretty uh pretty simply Will Levis. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think the only uh, other rookie that you got to throw into that conversation would be depending on your tight end premium and how many tight ends you're starting, right? <laughs> like you, Yeah. Gone, eh, maybe Sammy Ballgame, huh? <laughs> yeah. you got to
1: put him up there, too. Man. He's been uh, absolutely killing it. Oh, I feel um, so
0: good about all those uh, pre-NFL rookie drafts, which I love to death because people go, oh, absolutely. well, you, you could miss on this, and you know, we look at the Malik Willis shit last year, and you go, ah, oh, look how bad that was. Yeah, a lot of those, Eric, I'm telling you, I got Sam Laporte in, like, the back end of the third round, so...
1: (laughs) Easy. Easy money.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, All right, so we're going to get into the the topic, really, for today. So what we kind of want to talk about is... What are you doing on contenders? The teams that you're four zero, you're three and one, you're starting off really good. And what do we do on these teams that are underperforming for you? These zero and fours, these one and threes. So, kind of wanted to get into that a little bit. So, are we starting you know,
0: negative or positive?
1: <laughs> whichever you want to do, I'm good with either. What do you want to start with?
0: Do you want to, have to cry at at the beginning of the show, or do you want to, have to
1: cry? <laughs> I mean, I almost cried just watching the the intro video. Man, It was so good. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, we'll talk about the 1-3s and threes and the 0-4 oh teams first. So Let's go. I know uh, me and you both have a couple of those teams, unfortunately, so yes. far. But um, what are you doing with those 1-3, 0-4-type oh teams?
0: So I have one that is literally 0-4, oh and, and it was a super contender going into the season um, for me personally. Last week I thought I had a W in the bag, and I got kicked in the balls again. Like, just going into Sunday night, just kicked in the balls again, ended up losing it. I'm 0-4. Oh Now, the only positive is I play the absolute worst team in the league who is outright tanking. So if I don't get a W this week, uh, it is completely over. But I'm still holding on to that minuscule point like that. I I think at the point I saw a graph where if your fantasy team starts 0-4, you have something like an 8% chance of making the playoffs. I'm I'm clinging dearly to that 8%. On a plus note, though, uh, contrary to popular... You know what I used to do in the past and in, in, in previous years, I still hold my first round pick, so I still have that flexibility. If I was in a position, Eric, where I'm, I'm just like this, but I don't have my first round pick, I would be shitting bricks, right? I'm absolutely shitting bricks, but because I have it, it lends me to, to have that flexibility of clinging to that 8% chance. You know, if that's the statistical analysis of my likelihood of making the playoffs, I'm okay with it. So because I still have that, I was willing to push my second in to go get another running back like Alvin Kamara to help with these bye weeks, to help with some of the injuries because I had Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley's been out for me, Uh, my quarterbacks for the most part, uh, Lamar Jackson's been fine, but you know, like Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson have both underperformed throughout this year. And uh, Brees Hall, another staple of my team, obviously starting slow on that ACL, so I'm clinging to the fact that we're going to turn it around. We'll get a W this week. is going to help me for the long haul. But I'm going to hold on to that first-round pick with, like, diamond hands. Like, the offer has to be so stupid over the top where I can look at it and go, next year, if, if I'm the 101, whatever I'm trading for, I better be able to project that that player is going to be higher than Caleb Williams <laughs> next year with that 101. So that's the situation I'm in with that one. Uh, there's another one where I'm uh, I'm sitting at one and three, and I'm looking at it, Eric, and I don't have my first, <laughs> I don't have it. So again, I'm backed into a corner of just doing whatever the hell I can to make sure that pick at least gets out of the basement. Right, it's kind of like if you're you you start a drive in the NFL on your own one yard line, and that defense has been playing lights out you're just running quarterback sneaks to get you know as many uh as many extra yards as you could possibly get so your punter has some room like you know it's going to be bad there's nothing really you can do to fix it but just try to make it the best you can right if i if i were to go and just signal right now hey i'm um, take all these uh these uh, what i thought were going to be elite fantasy producers to my team or guys coming back uh it's kind of like piranhas man the the rest of your league's gonna know oh yeah Yeah. hell yeah (laughs) like i'm gonna fleece the shit out of this guy and and the person who's holding my pick is just doing backflips going yep this is exactly what i wanted a failed contender who just realized it and now is gonna sell everything off so those kind um i think you can hopefully more people are in the reasonable situation where you still hold your first round pick and then you can really just make that determination of listen if i still hold my first and I don't really think I got a shot, I don't want to hold on to this stuff, perfect. Now's the time, I'm sitting at 0-4, 1-3 and, 4, 1 and 3 to go. I'm going to be the first one to just wave the white flag and punt this thing down to, to next year at the, at the very least. So that means the Keenan Allens, the Mike Evans, your running back situation, any running backs that are actually producing, holding fantasy value, all those dudes got to go. The only thing I really diamond in hand in that situation is uh, elite quarterbacks or quarterbacks in general.
1: For sure. On, yeah, a lot of that I agree with for sure. Like, are you I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this? So, like, any of these younger guys, like running backs, like a Kyron Williams, I think those guys could easily get replaced, though. Like, they yeah. could easily draft yeah. next year, you know rocket sanders or braylon allen whoever yeah. the hot running back is and replace kyron williams next year even though kyron williams is doing great happened uh, a good example a couple years ago Miles gaskin when he started he actually did really good for fantasy he was like uh probably what kyron williams is doing right now maybe not as good but yeah. he was a ppr asset um he's starting i think he got like 800 900 rushing yards and then he's replaced you know they they replace him right next year and I think that could definitely happen to Kyron Williams they only invested a fifth round pick into him yes he's doing great yes I think he'll continue to be a part of this team but they could easily go you know especially with the way that the Rams have drafted running backs in the past Daryl Henderson Cam Akers taking those guys round two and round three they could easily go hey this Rocket Sanders he's a four four guy yeah uh, let's grab him you know he's a 225 pound 230 pound stud athlete let's go ahead and go ahead and uh draft this guy in round two and he's gonna bring an even more dynamic piece to your offense so guys like that are you willing to just you know especially on your own four one and three teams just go ahead and and sell those guys you're probably not gonna get a first but nope. almost take kind of like a second round pick for him and and yeah. wish him luck
0: i'll, I'll take 80 90 percent. Know, okay. Whatever their value is, and just okay. get them off my team. One to yeah. help my own pick to make it better for next year, get the points off my team, and two, like you said, there's at least for me, there's only probably about four running backs in the entire league right now that I would project to hold or maintain dynasty value next year. In a relative term, you know they may not be the number three back next year overall, but they're going to be in the top five, six, seven at worst, right? And that's Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, of course. Brees Hall and Jonathan Taylor outside of that the Christian McCaffrey's the Saquon Barkley's the rest of those guys I treat them like one-year assets because they can just change all over we get even farther down that list to the guys like Kyron Williams, Najee Harris, James Conner like anybody who's actually producing at a decent clip you give me 80-90% of what they're worth they're gone in a heartbeat and I don't I don't play this counter game back and forth it's just you give me an offer that's relatively close to fair perfect they're yours you have fun my picks all of a sudden better i got the points off my team and i'm not holding a potential dead asset going into 2024
1: right and i think one thing too a lot of people do is they see man i got joe mixon i got alvin Kamara, uh you know james connor you mentioned i got these guys man they're producing they're still great they're big names in the nfl yep. but guess what nobody's giving you a first for these guys probably no so you're gonna have to settle for a second and hopefully you can get you know another running back back that's you know a Ty Chandler type. Not not saying Ty Chandler specifically, just the name that came up. But you know get another running back back in that spot. Just take it. That's probably the best you're gonna get. I think a lot of people overvalue their players. Like oh no, I, I gotta have a first for Kamara. I gotta have a first for Mixon. Right just reality is you're probably not going to get a first for those guys anymore. They're at the age cliff. Yeah, they're producing still, but, I mean, look at Dalvin Cook. You know, I thought Dalvin Cook, hey, you know, he was producing last year, you know, pretty decently. Uh, And now you could – I don't even know if you can get a second for Dalvin Cook right now. He's probably, like, only a third-round pick.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And this is just talking from a a lineup standpoint in best ball on these these same situations, Eric, I get even more – like I'm willing to take even shittier offers right? just to get these guys off because I know for a fact any time that they score points, I'm getting hosed. So like the Alvin Kamara, you may have this thing like, oh, did you see what he did last week, 20 points, is Alvin Kamara, he's worth a first. Eric, I'm telling you in best ball, you give me a second and a piece on on one of these squads, you can have him. You take him off my hands, here you go, I'll move on and I'll just shoot the shot on you know maybe a second and a third guys like dalvin cook geez any third right we would talk about auto accept trade block that's where that would come into effect i, I will literally post that any any third for dalvin cook he's off yours i don't care if it's in 2026 because the leagues i play and i know that they'll uh they'll be around in 2026 unlike some other ones that we've experienced in the past so yeah any any 20 any 26 third you can have dalvin cook like just take him off my hands i'm not competing so if you want this guy here i'll make it as easy as possible
1: yeah absolutely i agree with that i think one thing that we forgot to mention too is make sure you're looking at your league settings of how is the draft pick order determined like is it Point potential points, lowest potential points, yeah. lowest points uh, scored. Is it like that? Is it just by record? Whatever, whatever your um, tiebreaker is or whatnot. Make sure you guys know those settings for your leagues, especially for these zero and four, one and three teams. Because if it's potential points, you want to get these guys off your roster quick, and you want to you want to be picking up guys who aren't even freaking playing uh, to fill those spots. Like just. You know, guys that are inactive every week or injured or whatnot and just stash them on your rosters. If your uh, league has, especially on MFL, if you have taxi squads, those potential points, um, you know, like if you had Brees Hall last year and you threw Brees Hall on there. You weren't getting any of Brees Hall's points that he was scoring. He was um, those potential points on your taxi squad do not count towards your potential points. So if you're in that complete tank mode, put all those guys, even if they're super stud players, you know, if it's Sam Laporte who's killing it this year or you know dalton kincaid whoever it is put them all on your taxi squad get rid of those potential points that are on your roster every single week so um i know some leagues um don't like that but most of my leagues that i play in they're fine with it you know it's in the rules you can i'm not telling you who to start who you can't play or whatnot yes you should play playing those guys but if your league rules allow it then you know you got to go ahead and do it um Especially in like super flex leagues, too. I want to be tanking for that 101, that 102. You know, I know Caleb's coming. I know Drake May's coming. You might have Shadir Sanders in a uh, point per carry league coming. Uh, I mean, I I know he's not very uh, rushing the ball, but he has the ability to. Any of those guys, uh, even Drake May runs the ball. Um, You know, any of those guys that you can get, any of those three quarterbacks, you want to be tanking tanking right now. It, It starts now. So, If you got a bunch of Chuba Hubbards on your team and Jaleel McLaughlin's, uh, Latavius Murray, Damian Harris, you got guys like that that are just getting these eight to ten points a week for you. Get rid of them now. Just take like any third. If you want, like, do what I did uh, in that one trade offer I talked about earlier. I sent uh, Hubbard and McLaughlin away for a second. If you can combine two of these assets um, and send them away for a second, go ahead and do it. Even if you have to, if you have two of the shittier ones like Latavius Murray and uh, you know, I don't know, DJ Chark, something like that, send them away. Package them both away for a third. Anything like that that you can do. Um, older guys like you talked about, Mike Evans. Um, I need these older ones that are producing Adam Thielen, especially Robert Woods, like don't like, Oh man, Adam Thielen, I can get a second. You know what? Nobody's giving you a second for Adam Thielen. They weren't giving you a second for him three years ago. So <laughs> nothing's changed there. So, you know, just take like any third for Thielen. And yeah, it sucks. Um, you know, we talk about thirds or negative warp, but this is what you're if you're tanking. This is what you want. You want the draft picks, and then when it comes to draft season, when you see where these picks land, hey, I can package two or three of these third rounders and move up and grab a second. You know, you figure out the, those tiers for rookies. Of okay, this is tier one. This is tier two. This is where they're going to land. I want to be. I want to have all my draft picks in these certain spots. So, you know, make sure you're uh, you're looking out for that. But no, that was good um good conversation on, on what you should be doing. Selling off all these older assets, any any of these like running backs that don't are probably gonna have a job, you know, like these Chuba Hubbards, um, you know, even like a Cleo Herbert, he could easily be replaced. Yeah. Um you know, trying to think of some other ones. Any of these ones that even got hurt, like you could even like, you trade for some of these guys too, like if you like Nick Chubb still, you like J.K. Dobbins, you know you can go ahead and trade, you know three assets or whatever, two two of these assets, and go ahead and go get Nick Chubb. He sits on your IR for the rest of the year, and then you can play with the next year. Uh, like I did earlier, uh, talked about the Josh Allen Joe Burrow trade. I know Joe Burrow hasn't started off very good this year. It might just kind of be a lost year with this calf injury. Um, If I can tear down from Josh Allen to Joe Burrow and get an asset, I'll go ahead and do that. Probably get less points all year with Joe Burrow. Um, Kyler Murray, another one that you can go out and acquire. Like if you have some really good assets that you could trade, if you can trade, uh, you know, Kyron Williams, Joe Mixon, and Mike Evans uh, to maybe get a Kyler Murray, something like that, that's to a contender that doesn't really need Murray and can use these assets now, you could try doing something like that as well. And you get these assets that are going to help you more next year in the offseason season, because as soon as week uh, 18 ends here, and we're in the playoffs for the real NFL, guess what? These values all change. Kyler Murray goes from, you know, not being very valuable right now to all, back in the top 10 again, you know, and then the talk starts of uh, if Arizona's in the top 10, you know, top draft pick spot again, or or up there. Who are they trading uh, Kyler Murray to go? You know, to, they're going to draft Caleb. Where are they trading Kyler Murray to? So that, all that's going to start up. So you're going to have all those different kinds of uh, questions that you're going to have to uh, pose to yourself on your team. So good and, conversation. And another
0: sure. one I like to do too, just uh, on these teams when I'm getting ready to to nuke it. Right, just about quarterbacks. Is you got some quarterbacks who are producing at elite levels but have risky profiles for one reason or the other, right? Like, Mm. Dak Prescott still carries weight. But if you were to tell me that I'm able to get out of Dak Prescott for any type of, like, Bryce Young, you know, who also has kind of been sketchy for some people, I know he's done some things, but he also isn't, like, putting up elite fantasy numbers at this point. That's an easy one for me because the situations will be so much different next year. This is where you got to project it in, like, could Dak absolutely implode for the rest of the year, and all of a sudden he's without a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not playing for the Cowboys? Yeah, right. It's a realistic scenario. Bryce Young is somebody that you look at and you go, yeah, I could. He's still going to be the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers as they build around him for for twenty twenty
1: four. I think the biggest one um, in that same vein that you're talking about is kirk cousins he's a free agent at the end of the year we don't yeah. know where he's gonna end up right. yes he's killing it right now he's a top you know five or whatever fantasy quarterback because he's just throwing to justin jefferson all the time but um yeah you don't know where kirk cousins is gonna end up like he could end up somewhere next year on a on a tennessee let's say and their offensive line's dog crap. Their receivers aren't very good. You know, he's not going to have Justin Jefferson next year. So if you're on, a you know, one of these lower teams like that too, you can, you know, hey, well, give me a Bryce Young. If you think Bryce Young is better than what he's shown so far. Um, I don't know if you can get CJ Stroud. That's one of the other names that we were going to talk about here later. Um, if you can get CJ Stroud and um, – You know, give up a Cousins and something else, I'd go ahead and do that. Try and, you know, go to CJ Stroud, something like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely try to do that where you you could do it where you package some of these older players that you want to get off of, you know, with a Kirk Cousins to see, right? Depending on the league format or, you know, how people really feel about it. Like, Mm -hmm. best ball would be a scenario where you could take a Kirk Cousins and a Kyron Williams, probably get a Bryce Young. I don't know if it'll get you a a CJ Stroud, but. You know, maybe if the piece was attractive enough where you go, hey, that, yeah, i got a Keenan Allen I'll throw in too. <laughs> right. like maybe something along those lines. And then they go, okay, well, I'm not taking too much of a loss from C.J. Stroud. I'm probably actually getting a quarterback upgrade mm-hmm. in production. And then, uh, you know, obviously I get two extra pieces to go with it. That's definitely something to explore as well as packaging multiple assets that you want to get off of for one singular asset that you know probably has pretty good value retention.
1: Mm -hmm. i think another one too you could maybe try is uh if you go to the you know a manager has justin fields as quarterback too on their or you know their second quarterback you could maybe try and give them cousins and take fields back because other than last week fields has really struggled this year so that's another one you can try for
0: both Um, both have uncertainty right for next year mm -hmm. you don't really know but if you're right on on justin fields you get the whole age reset thing like, if they, mm-hmm. if they both have jobs, you go, okay, well, I'm still okay. I made out fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you kind of try to want to – I try personally to try and look for security on quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think Brock Purdy's pretty locked in. I think Jordan Love is pretty locked in right now. Uh, CJ Stroud, obviously. So, like, you can try for those guys. Like, if I can give up Cousins to get Brock Purdy and something, I think I would go ahead and, and do that. I know you're not, like, a big Brock Purdy fan. Oh, that's um, reasonable. Really yeah if you um if you like jordan love you can maybe you know go ahead and and get jordan love um there obviously there's going to be some guys that you're not going to be able to obtain but if you kind of just look at keep trade cut like right now cousins is quarterback 19 and prod uh purdy is quarterback 12 so in that case you're actually moving up you know tier value but cousins is playing oh i mean purdy's playing but we'll, we'll use jordan love um he's QB 11, you know, cousins is playing way better than Jordan love is right now. So you get the youth back and you know, your a person you're trading with is getting a a more solid asset right now. So
0: understandable. Yep. Yeah, for sure. That that was the negative. That was the sad Trump old segment.
1: Right. And then another one too, I kind of wanted to bring up. So what do you try and do with like these quarterbacks that are stuck on probably like you're looking at one year, so I'm talking about Sam Howell. Is it reasonable he's starting again next year? I think it's kind of 50-50. Yeah. You look at Baker Mayfield, that's 50-50. Russell Wilson, honestly, could be 50-50. They could move on from him. Yeah. Mac Jones, as, as much as I hate to say, and I talked highly of him last episode, like they could just move on from him next yep. year if things go south here. Garoppolo's, I think Derek Carr is pretty much locked in for next year. Um, and then any of these guys that are just um, playing just for this year, basically Zach Wilson, Josh Dobbs. I'm just going ahead and, and selling those guys as much as I can. Tannehill play, players like that. So I'm, I'm sure you agree with me.
0: Zach Wilson, Dobbs, uh, Garoppolo, like those guys are, yeah. you know, you, you give me a second, you know, Dobbs, you can put his value at kind of whatever you want, but that'd mm-hmm. be somebody where I'm, Right now, if you give me like a couple thirds and maybe like a grease piece, like here you go, you could just have him. Tannehill, like that's a guy that I'll sell right now. Baker. Um, Some of those other guys that you mentioned, though, like Mac Jones, I'm not saying that I'm going to hold them. I definitely want to move them at some point in the year, but they also have this allure of like a little bit of job security, even though we don't really think about it, right? Sam Howe, same situation. And I think it's because of age. And we're still at the early part of the season where we really haven't seen a, a devastating like quarterback a top-tier quarterback injury no offense to Aaron Rodgers but like an elite one from a dynasty value perspective i'd probably still hold those guys on my team for at least another two three weeks before i aggressively start shopping them around because i'm hoping for something to happen by week situation here in a couple weeks where people didn't realize they had two quarterbacks on the same buy they're in a must-win game whatever the pressure gets on in these super flex leagues to acquire quarterbacks and that's where you can really extract the full value where yeah, I could definitely get a first for Sam Howell, I think, from a contender. like <laughs> Instead of selling them now for a couple seconds or a second in a grease piece, I think in a couple weeks I might be able to actually pull a first out of somebody if I'm holding on to them. But definitely something I would, uh, I would explore. I just wouldn't aggressively shop certain ones other than those super bottom of the tier. Like, these guys could be dust by, you know, week six at this rate like it could be completely over for him so those guys yes right. get get the hell off my team like they're uh you know a Kyron williams james connor like get get out the door i hope you pack your shit
1: yeah i'll help you pack the bags right <laughs> all right so now let's move over to like four and no teams three and one teams everything's just coming up diamonds for you right now everything's rolling really good yeah. Uh, yeah, so not many of those,
0: but I got
1: a couple. <laughs> yeah, I get, we all get a couple of those. I, you know, you think at the beginning of the year, oh, I'm gonna have about nine, ten of these, and it right. ends up being like three. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are you kind of doing with those teams? Everything's kind of rolling right. Well, you know, let's say, hey, this team, I have Kyron Williams. I've had, I've stashed Kyron Williams for a couple of years, and he's hitting for me right now you know brian robinson's doing good for me as another late round pick all these like late round running backs are doing good for you zach moss came in did something for you your quarterbacks are healthy wide receivers are all healthy uh what are you doing on those teams
0: i think uh there's two different scenarios for me depending on if i'm playing in lineup or best ball so lineup leagues i'm looking at my my draft capital and hopefully you still have your first like i would I would hope so at this point um But my second, my third, my own one, that's kind of where I'm trying to identify any possible weaknesses I could have, like looking at future bye weeks, but also looking like, could I get in a situation where my third quarterback's Jimmy Garoppolo and all of a sudden, you know, Jimmy's not playing anymore, right? And it's the Aiden O'Connell show and Jimmy's just absolute dust could i possibly go try to share that up right now could i go get a Tannehill or a baker mayfield or somebody along those lines just to add as a fourth quarterback to kind of share that up does it cost me a second does it cost me a third in a piece whatever the case may be i do similar things just top to bottom on the roster generally running back is probably the one that i'll worry about the least because it's almost a week-to-week thing there'll be a hot waiver wire name or something that i may be able to pick up or i can throw a third down the line but some of these teams that we just talked about that are uh, in the dumpster, I'm also the guy who's probably sending out 75% on the dollar for Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, like some of these types of running backs, and just seeing if they want to get off of them. If they bite, great. If they don't, uh, I'm, I'm not paying you market for it at this point. Like I've been running good now, also having my own picks and having the liquidity that I have sets me up for if I need something down the road, I'll, I'll address it then. Um, If you're one of these that's already maxed out, though, in the lineup league, like you've already pushed all your picks in, if you can make some of these smart trades to, like, tier down for similar production, use warp, use whatever you need to to identify flat tiers, definitely try to build some depth back, build some pick liquidity, save yourself. You know, uh, some one of the most underrated things, too, is depending on, like, your roster size is acquiring fab budget, right, because it becomes so in play as we make those final push to the playoffs, set yourself up for a nice fab budget, nice little wad of cash at the end. So you can be the, uh, the big Dick in the locker room, which, exactly. which is always a good feeling. Um, but in best ball leagues, I would say just because of the way I play best ball and the way I roster construct in best ball, I'm a lot more loose with my draft picks. And I think now is kind of a good time to pounce on some of these, uh, these underperforming teams in best ball. Um, you know, I will send my first um, but it has to be for a pretty decent decent player has to be for uh, you know to kind of backfill a spot if I had a little bit of weakness Um, but ideally in best ball if I'm going to use that first right now it's it's to go to one of these shittier teams that has multiple assets in best ball like multiple Kyron Williams type Kyron Williams types you know maybe they got a Baker and a Kyron Williams and they got a you know a Mike Evans like could my first and a third get that done to get them all? I think it's reasonable to say that it would. So that's kind of the moves I want to make. Where I don't really want to go out and acquire like one Brandon Ayuk for that first, but I want to break it up into multiple pieces. And then I just know I'm gonna write out the depth in my best ball. Like I'm if I'm four and zero in a best ball league and constructed correctly, I'll be a lot more loose with that draft pick lineup league. I almost don't ever want to push that first in until we get to like week eight, nine, ten, when I have a lot more on my plate. Where I, I kind of know where my team stands and what the actual downside is because I think it's. Uh, we, we talked about the rebuilders. I think it's probably in lineup leagues. There's so much damn variance. I actually prefer if I'm the the rebuilder out there, taking advantage of all these teams that think they're so good off right now, sitting at four and four and zero or three and one, <laughs> because you look at it and you go hey, bye weeks are starting, injuries, like, really haven't hit the quarterback position, you could be in a position where this is the only four games you're going to end up winning. And I've seen, like, lineup teams just go in the absolute shitter from here on out, you know. Star quarterback goes down next week in the first half, and all of a sudden that team looks like dog shit. Here you are without draft picks. So welcome welcome to my world. Would you like this pick back? It's going to cost you everything. (laughs) Right uh lineup what leagues, did I'm it cost more... you everything yeah. lineup leagues i'm a lot more hesitant to push that first in on a contender right now but best ball leagues i'll be a little bit more uh, willy-nilly with it
1: yeah i like um what you said about best ball too if you want to use that first you like kind of like a, i just mentioned here you want to be thanos i want to collect three pieces right. i want i want three infinity stones of yours for my first round pick to give it up um I like that for best ball, especially like you said, you you know, you're getting a Mike Evans, a Kyron Williams and a Baker Mayfield. You're filling three positions. You never know. Hey, you know, Baker and Mike Evans go off for two touchdowns in a week. You know, both of those guys might make your lineup, even though, you know, they're kind of like shittier players. But hey, that's great advice for best ball leagues. If you are still holding your first um, and you're a contender, go ahead and do that. Another point that you brought up that um, I honestly don't do as much, but I think I should start, is getting that FAB money um, and throwing it in trades. Like, yeah, if this, they don't have a third and you want a third and you're like, uh, eh, four's not enough, Um, you know, maybe you could get, you you know, you supplement that fourth, grab that fourth and give me $30 fab, you know, give me $25, whatever it is. And you can stack that up. And then when it comes later on this season, I'm not saying this happens every year, but Hey, Brock Purdy ends up starting whatever it was week 13 or 12 last year. And okay. I go ahead and I buy Brock Purdy off of the waivers because I had the most money. And now look at you, you got a top. You know, uh, like we were just talking, he's whatever top twelve dynasty quarterback right now. And yes, that doesn't happen every single day. I get that, but hey, you never know. You you get this quarterback, um, you buy him, and you could have probably traded him after a couple of weeks last year and got a pretty high, you know, even a higher draft pick, second round pick or whatnot. It's found money. You're making a profit on those guys. So, um, you know, look out for that. You know that there's always quarterback injuries i know i've talked about it a lot in the past i think 60 quarterbacks 60 plus quarterbacks made a start last year we haven't got as many so far knock on wood hopefully it stays in like the 40s somewhere in there this year but you know look at this we've already had an aiden o'connell start we had a a dtr start uh josh dobbs got a start whoever would have thought that would have happened you know in the in may <laughs> you know, your players like this end up getting starts um, for teams, and it's gonna happen, and keep happening. You know, um, right? You know, even some of these third string quarterbacks. One thing, um, you know, kind of a little off topic, but one thing I do every single Sunday morning is when the inactives come out, and I can put those guys that are listed as out on IR, I go ahead put those IRs, and I go ahead and go to the waiver wire. And I start picking up any backup quarterback because if there's an injury, you know, I pick up Brett and I pick up Nick Mullins, uh, Brian Hoyer last week, even though it ended up being O'Connell. Um, you know, I'm picking up players like that, and I end up um, you know, say Matt Stafford blows an ACL this week and I had Brett Rippin for free. I just gained a quarterback and I can probably get a third round pick for him or something like that cuz he's starting the rest of the year. So you never know what can happen. You got to always be grinding those little bit of margins. Um so the next question I have for you is what kind of like players are you wanting to buy? I know you said like you wanted to buy like uh aaron jones and camara kind of like at 75 cents on the dollar what are you doing for like if you want to make go for the big fish you want to go for justin jefferson uh robinson you know travis kelsey um, some of these guys that could put you way over the top warp wise and just you know in your lineups and stuff are you really looking to try and do that on certain teams or what was your philosophy that way
0: there's definitely some in lineup in best ball. Now, I'm probably more apt to do it in lineup just because of the way best ball is structured, right? Let, we say it, less is more, right? But less studs is actually more beneficial to you. Like, I will trade away one really great player like Justin Jefferson for three pretty good players in a heartbeat in best ball, no question about it. Whether that's a start nine best ball or a stupid one like Adam made start 16 or whatever the fuck the thing is, but lineup league like these start 9 start 10 start 11 like i understand where the a warp is yes i would be very interested in going after some of these big fish the problem is a lot of people know that they're big fish so you kind of got to find that right manager and this is where you knowing your league pays off so much if you think it's somebody who's reasonable and wants to possibly get off of justin jefferson possibly get off a christian mccaffrey like take stock of where their team is, see how much actual leverage you have, and the fact of uh, how badly they want to tank. But I will definitely take in in lineup league some of these uh, more middling assets. I mean, they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But think of guys like uh, Jordan Addison, JSN, um, Puka Nakua has been running hot and has actually been pretty good. But there's also a realistic scenario here in the next couple of weeks, his value starts to dip a little bit just because of the return of Cooper Cup. So like if it's some of these assets where people feel really good at the wide receiver position and i could get myself into a justin jefferson that'd be like the uh the scenario where i would go yeah my first is now in play and potentially you know if it needed to get done my seconds in play if it needed to be done i'll go ahead and i'll pay for 2025 here we'll push this one in because i know if i take them in justin jefferson god forbid would it get hurt in a couple weeks yeah is my team going to look bad but is justin jefferson still an elite asset heading into next year 100 percent. travis kelsey is a little bit more risky because of the age um, but that that is one of those assets where if you hit and you're right you just paid off in a big way like a massive way where you can pretty much lock up the league i'll be more aggressive for him but i don't think the price costs too much right Like you put your first in play to somebody who's looking to get off of travis kelsey right now how much more do you got to add on second you know maybe a young tight end like musgrave or something like that fine (laughs) like that that's okay if Mm -hmm. i miss i miss like but i'm okay going for those elite assets i just think it's a sometimes it becomes really really sketchy scenario like is it actually a realistic target because a lot of these people even when they're rebuilding don't want to rebuild in the, the. my opinion the correct way right they they have all these assets they think are untouchable and at least for me that's not how i ever really play dynasty every single asset could be had on my team just matter of price right you throw three first at me for justin jefferson and a couple of those that first actually look pretty decent by all means i don't give a shit where my team is really (laughs) you might be able to get justin jefferson off me and especially if i'm at the bottom half of the league already sure I'll just uh I'll re roll one of those into Marvin Harrison Jr. and then just hope I uh, you know I get a Zay Flowers type at the back end of the first round next year. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. But lineup league, yeah. Definitely if you want to explore going after some of those elite pieces, those elite quarterbacks. Um you can probably throw Christian McCaffrey as long as 49ers don't kill him with this damn workload. Uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, by all means explore it. Just don't put yourself in a situation where your team was good and you were 4 and 0 or 3 and 1 at this point in the lineup league because you have very good depth top to bottom and all of a sudden you're looking at it and you're going man I only got three wide receivers now <laughs> like I traded away everything I had at the bottom to go get Justin Jefferson now your team may uh may actually go the other direction you may be too top heavy where one injury to to JJ and now you're in the shitter
1: yeah, and another thing too, warp helps with that. If you get the warp tool on the South Harmon website, you can, you know, Koopa's updating these every single week after um, on Mondays or Tuesdays, and you look at it, um, you know, see who the top warp guys at the positions are, and you can. You know, see, hey, this is the guy that's making the bigger, the biggest difference this year. This guy has the most warp per game at the position, whoever it is, McCaffrey right now at running back, you know, Kelsey at tight end, whatever it is. You can d- identify those guys and go make some plays or even find some guys that maybe be under the radar like, um, you know, right now Hunter Henry is like a top five or six tight end right now in the league. If you can... You know, somebody's not valuing him correctly. You might be able to steal him, and he's probably outperforming your Kyle Pitts that you have. Now, I'm not saying trade Kyle Pitts, but if you can get Hunter Henry there for a late second or a a third and something else, and then you you start him over Kyle Pitts until Kyle Pitts starts catching him in warp, if he ever does. You know, kind of, you know, makes some small moves like that, too. Um, The other last part of the the, uh, section here that I wanted to go over is uh, rookies. So, what about with like super high performing rookies right now? So, I would put CJ Stroud in that category. I would put, I mean, if you just look at Keep Trade Cut, CJ Stroud is a number 12 overall asset in Superflex. That's that includes Justin Jefferson, Bijan, all those guys. He's number 12 overall already. So, yeah, he's super high right now. You got um, Sam Laporta's are, you know, performing really high uh John robinson puka nakua what are you you know if you're trying to trade for those guys or even give those guys up are you just kind of uh, you you gotta have to have probably full price on both of them trading for and trading away i would assume right
0: yeah i'm not i'm not really looking to get out of them for a cheap deal yeah but you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't make them available right you might at least explore Um, I'm also like if for me, I'm a little bit more risky when it comes to that too, especially if I'm not competing or I'm not really worried about points. Um, I'm kind of in this situation where we talked about earlier, you're you're struggling or more of like the middle of the pack team. Like we didn't really address those, but there's some of them more in the middle of the pack. I'll put them on the block and kind of see what people are willing to offer because I'm also of the opinion if CJ Stroud's already at dynasty asset number 12, like how much higher is he really going? Right, like how much higher up is he going to end up? Could he go all the way up to like the uh, the Anthony Richardson tier? Could he be the next Joe Burrow type? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but could he also, you know, maybe start to struggle here in the second half? Like, once defenses kind of figure out what the Houston offense is doing, sure. Could he end up at you know QB fifteen range heading into twenty twenty four? That's a possibility as well with the incoming class coming in. So, if somebody already wants to pay me, you know, three first worth of assets. I'm just gonna bet against those assets like here you go you can have cj stroud good luck to you um h a h one of the perfect ones but that's easy because he plays a running back position yeah. like that's just an auto here you go like something bad could happen to him at any given notice and we're so fickle with running backs but even these uh even these wide receivers you know we, we touched on puka nakua but uh, JSN's kind of been a faller but you we started off the show talking about Jordan Addison he's kind of been a bit, pretty big riser. Zay flowers has been a pretty big riser so if you wanted to move off of those guys by all means go for it. and definitely with a quarterback like Anthony Richardson I love the guy and I love his talent but he's already at QB five on keep trade cut <laughs> like he's he's already a, he's already surpassed guys like Lamar Jackson Joe Burrow, you know Trevor Lawrence could he keep going sure absolutely but you're giving me those type of prices. You're giving me QB prices like damn near Justin Herbert. By all means, mm. you, you take them. I think this has paid off for me in the past. You know, I specifically remember trading away Justin Jefferson after his dynamite rookie year, and people were like, you're crazy. But the assets he ended up getting back was, I, I, I know for a fact, I got something at the running back position I used next year. Um, you know, that was hurt or something that came back. But that I also got multiple draft picks at the time, multiple first-round draft picks.
1: Yeah, I mean, and one of those en- or something?
0: Yeah, one of those ended up being, you know, Jalen Waddle, and you're sitting here going like, yeah, I traded away Justin Jefferson, but I didn't do too bad. Like, I, I down-tiered. <laughs> and it's a down-tier without actually down-tiering because you use that draft capital the following year. And as long as you're semi-competent, Adam and I have kind of been over that. Like, even if you picked every single first, more times than not, you're making out at 60%, 70% clip on, on more hits than you are misses. So you get a couple assets like that, and all of a sudden uh, a trade away of a Justin Jefferson, even after his rookie year, doesn't look so bad because you just multiplied yourself. So I would say, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not in a hurry to sell those guys, but by all means, I think you're doing yourself a disservice with all the hype around them and how high they're, they're climbing right now to not at least see if somebody's out there that's willing to pay you full market on them.
1: Yeah, especially at, the, like uh, like you said, the running back spot. I think even the wide receiver spot, too, like Nakua. Um, if somebody's willing to give you a first and, uh, you know, Drake London for him or something yeah, like that, easy. like, yeah. you know, go ahead and do it. Like, I don't know if anybody's offering that. But, I mean, even, would you even take, like, a Drake London for Nakua straight up or would you rather have Nakua? Uh,
0: I think I'd probably have Nakua at this point. Okay. Like, just because this, this hype train keeps rolling. Um, not that drake london's bad or anything but we kind of see like people are getting more and more fickle with them because of how bad desmond ritter is like the despair is still setting in and uh-huh. he's probably going to have another couple games where desmond ritter you know goes 10 for 37 right. with three picks and drake london got two targets uh-huh. all game right so it's more it's, it's just as a risky asset in my opinion as nakuo but uh-huh. if somebody was willing to give you a know, Jackson Smith and Jigba straight up for Nakua. Like, I will just pivot into JSN and write that process. So um, you get a Jordan Addison or a Zay Flowers, and you get any kind of add-on to it or any kind of plus. By all means, Mm. like, just de-risk yourself and take the the two for one.
1: Right. I mean, just kind of looking at keep trade cut again, Nakua's already wide receiver 12.
0: He's approaching stupid high territory.
1: Right, and Drake London's wide receiver 23. So that's a 12, you know, 11-spot difference there. You could maybe make that pivot, um, you know, even if you go down even further, like, you know, George Pickens, Terry McClure and Chris Godwin, you get guys like that, like you could probably get a first on top of Godwin right. uh, to trade away Nakua right now. So
0: and, that's and a. The- that's the beauty of that, right? The the very real possibility is next year that first is just as valuable, if not more valuable, than Nakua is, and you got whatever-the-hell wide receiver for free, essentially. Yeah, so even exactly. If that dude even if that dude shits the bed, right, Like, there's a realistic scenario. A Keon Coleman or a, a Mecca Obuka Buka is, is worth the same as Puka Nakua this time next year, which is absolutely is, is is not a not a not a outlandish thing to say even though right now mm-hmm. we we have our, our blinders on just focused on here and right now
1: mm-hmm. another one that you mentioned uh too was jsn so i wanted to kind of talk about some of these rookies who are struggling that haven't really had that big game yet and jsn's the perfect example um you know earlier this off season god he was probably in the top 10 of these wide receivers now he's wide receiver 19 so he's fallen a little bit but i kind of think this is going to be your last chance to get jsm the seahawks are on bye this week i think coming out of that bye week 6 i don't even know who they play um uh, but i could i would bet jsn has probably his best game of the season coming out of that bye uh get some yeah, scheming him up, gets another week to be healthy. He's not doing anything. He's not playing. So he gets a full week of rest. Um, you know, gets into that playbook a little bit more, learns the offense even more. Maybe he's working out with Gino, getting more in rhythm with him. Like, I think this could be your last chance to trade it to to trade for JSN. So maybe if you can like hey, I can trade Brandon Ayuk for JSN straight up. You know, Ayuk's rated higher right now, but I think JSN might be a better player overall. Um, You know, you can kind of look at that. Um, You know, another one that's kind of – he hasn't really struggled this year, but he's in a shitty situation. It's Garrett Wilson. He's still rated up there wide receiver eight. But if I can buy him on the cheap because everyone's like, oh, he's going to suck. I can't even play him the rest of the year because he's got Zach Wilson – you know, and I can get Garrett Wilson a little bit on the cheap. I'm gonna go ahead and do that too. Um, Trying to think of some other like rookies that are struggling a little bit, like Michael Mayer. Like he's like no man's land. Like can't even get a, the ball to him for whatever reason. If people have soured on him, I'd go ahead and, and maybe make an offer on him. See if I can buy him cheap. Um,
0: right. We're not, we're not gonna hear a lot from like Musgrave here too, with him being out and and kind of the way it was. So. Right. He's, he's also been kind of quiet. We've heard about the Luke Musgrave breakout game keeps coming. We haven't actually seen it yet, so that, that wouldn't be a bad tight end to try to explore to go get as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at uh, key trade cuts, tight end rankings, three rookies in the top eight. Laporta is number two. <laughs> Kincaid is five still, and Musgrave is eight. So that just kind of tells you where some of these guys are at. Michael Mayer hasn't done a fucking thing all year, and he's tight end 14.
0: That tells you how bad the tight end market is. How, how about this
1: one? Trey McBride is tight end 19, and I know for a fact he hasn't done a fucking thing because Jeff Swain's playing ahead of him.
0: <laughs> Good old Jeff Swain, baby.
1: Yeah. So
0: like, hey, Don't worry. They're still holding on to Isaiah Likely at tight end 23, too, and he hadn't done fuck all all year.
1: Right. Yeah. So that's another guy. Like so you can maybe try and buy some of these guys cheap and kinda of look at like their bye weeks coming up, like um I know Green Bay and uh pittsburgh are next week so maybe i can look at you know christian watson uh, yeah he had a touchdown last week but only played half the snaps he hasn't really hit his stride yet but i bet you coming off of that week six by week seven the rest of the year christian watson could be a difference maker a warp difference maker for you in um, fantasy musgrave i kind of think is the same thing i think I don't want to say he's Laporta territory, but I don't think he's that far off. Like, I think he's pretty good. He's, I think he has the right to be up here with Kyle Pitts and George Kittle and Goddard and all these guys. Um, Musgrave could be a guy that you could buy here pretty cheap. Um, I don't want to say cheap, but you could probably. You know pay for him and he could be a monster producer for you the rest of the season coming off of the week six by gets healthy learns a little bit more of the offense uh, green bay practices with all their weapons healthy finally out there at once and musgrave could have a big s- second half so kind of maybe look at some of those guys uh, that are kind of struggling too and kind of predicts when they're, you know, going to have a a blow up game, or hey, they're coming off of bye. They, you know, these sometimes these rookies really get going after their bye. Um, it's been a, you know, a tale as old as time that some of these guys do that. So that's another one to look at for sure.
0: Also look at guys with struggling offenses. Like even if they're super struggling and shit, I know we uh, we like to make fun of the Giants, but it's not going to be bad all year. <laughs> like you no, can't right. possibly be this bad for the entirety of the year. So. You know, if Darren Waller kind of wants to be that on a contender, cheap-ass target to go get, um, even some of these rookie-like speculative buys, you know, there might be somebody out there that will sell you a Jalen Hyatt for a third where you can kind of stash him. And and in best ball, he's a wide receiver, so you're not really stashing him because he's not a complete zero. But that could be somebody here in the next couple weeks, all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, it probably is a good idea if we run Jalen Hyatt on some deep, you know, crosses and post routes and Mm -hmm. actually try to push the ball down the field.
1: I think another one uh, is Atlanta, and that's just because I think Desmond Ritter's gonna get the hell out of there soon. Like they're gonna have to switch to Tyler Heineke, Um, and I like him a hell of a lot better than I like Ritter. And throw into Drake London and Kyle Pitts, maybe those guys get going. Um, You know, even Jonu Smith's been doing pretty good this year if he keeps getting his usage. Up, um, But yeah, I think Kyle Pitts and Drake London, those guys could finally get going here. And uh, you could probably buy Drake London on the cheap right now. That's just almost a year and a half of, I don't want to say struggles, but not like the big time numbers that we thought he was going to get. And, you know, maybe a manager's just kind of, you know, ready to get off of him and they want your, you know, you know, Zay Flowers. I'll give you, you know, London and a third for Zay Flowers. Go ahead, accept it. You know the the difference between Zay Flowers, and uh, London is probably not going to be very significant um, over time. And then you got to think too about like a London, um, some of these other receivers too that might get a new quarterback next year, like. Okay, Drake London, yeah, right now he's got Desmond Ritter, Tyler Heineke, it's not looking good. But, hey, come draft next year, uh, Atlanta's got pick four, and they just drafted Shadir Sanders, or they trade up to number two and get Drake May. Okay, and then Drake London and Kyle Pitts are going to skyrocket in value. So you got to kind of look at that too um, when you're acquiring some of these guys, or at least think ahead of it because – You know, a perfect example is 2019 when A.J. Brown came out and he went to the Titans. Oh, Mariota sucks. He can't throw the ball. Um, I mean, yeah, it was Tannehill, but Tannehill got in there and changed that whole offense, and he was super efficient, and A.J. Brown kind of took off. So, you know, things can change in a hurry here. Um, You know, Buffalo, uh, Josh Allen, he's got nobody to throw to. Uh, He sucks. Oh, then they trade for Stephon Diggs, and that offense takes off. So things can happen. You know, with one trade, with one draft pick for some of these guys, something changes in their situation, and they can become, you know, the next fantasy difference maker for you. So don't kind of just look at their, uh, oh, man, you know, Drake London, we know he's got talent, but his situation sucks. I'm not trading for him. Um, On some of your teams, you got to kind of look at that and maybe predict, hey, they're going to get a new quarterback here soon, and, you know, things are going to start looking up for sure.
0: I like it. I like it. I'll, I'll leave you one last one that I got for a potential contender buy, right? Because okay. I didn't realize it was this fucking bad.
1: <laughs>
0: right. Corlin Sutton's wide receiver, fifty-five. Eric, right? And and if you look at a warp or adjusted warp, that's the fifty-first player overall, not, okay. not just wide receiver, fifty-first player overall. That's like one of those where the the two. Uh, the dynasty value and how people are valuing him right now and actually what he's producing on the field for you is, is not now in best ball you definitely should be targeting a, a little Cortland Sutton because you don't have to worry about starting him but hell in these lineup leagues, I mean could you do a whole lot worse than having a depth piece like Cortland Sutton as your possible wide receiver three or flex option? I think that's no. pretty good one.
1: No. I mean look at like Raheed Shahid's right below him. Shahid's <laughs> yeah. been having a great year. Um yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. one that's really coming up again um is wandale robinson like i think his value is only going to go up like he's he's gotten in there two weeks in a row now like it hasn't been the greatest numbers but i can tell like just watching him he's one of their best receivers and he's gonna keep getting the ball as we go on here um zay jones is hurt right now and i think he's a guy that could come up uh t higgins is hurt tyler boyd is like a great veteran buy right now for the next couple weeks like tyler boyd could easily be you know somebody that's starting for you, and he's wide receiver 72 on Keep Trade Cut right now. Brandon Cooks is not this bad. He should not be wide receiver 73.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Like,
1: right, yeah. these Some of these prices on here are just absolutely crazy when you look at these guys. Um, one final one I wanted to bring up to you that uh, was on here he who has absolutely just skyrocketed. I just kind of want to get your pulse on him. Nico Collins. Um, what are you doing with Nico
0: Collins? I love me some Nico Collins. Like, I will sell him just mm-hmm. like I will any other player. But if you want me to sell Nico Collins, it's going to be at Nico Collins value. <laughs>
1: right? So is that a first?
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh. Where is he? He's wide receiver 20. Yeah, so he's he's right around. Yeah. First, I need a first-round pick for Nico Collins. Now, right. if, if Nico Collins keeps climbing up this, and all of a sudden we're talking about Nico Collins, or like we're talking about Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Puka Nakua, like in that territory, that 12, to 15, 16, 17 range, I love you, Nico, but I'll also help you pack your shit if people are going to give you those prices. Right. Like, but, but the way he started this year, uh, the way C.J. Stroud's been playing, like, confirmed alpha in that offense and he's been playing really well so like i can definitely get behind this
1: okay absolutely yeah i think like this is probably i would want to say nico collins peak like i don't see it get any higher than this honestly so this is the peak time to sell nico collins in my opinion um if you are going to sell him if you can get a first round pick for him awesome i remember trying uh last year on a team that i was tanking on and I wanted a second round pick for Nico Collins, and nobody would give him to me. And now I held on to him, and now he's up here. So, and now that team that I have actually is uh, like three and one, and like the second highest scoring team in the league. So, I'm glad that I have him and still kept him. And you know, these people are probably kicking themselves for not trading for him last year. So, you got to kind of be on the lookout for uh, those types of guys too. But yeah, I just wanted to get your uh, your opinion on some of these guys that have really skyrocketed and really hit the basically the ceiling on what I think they could ever do. So I think Nico and Stroud could probably get a spot or two higher, but man, can he really be higher than Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson ever? I don't know. Like this might be CJ Stroud's top value ever, too.
0: I mean, some of the things I love about Nico Collins, right? It's not just the eye test or the fact that he looks like an Adonis right out on the field and how we used to value value. The, I mean, he he literally kind of looks like a spitting image of T Higgins mm-hmm. sometimes but probably a little bit faster. But, like, some of his metrics that he has so far in the year, like number 7 in quarterback rating per target, that's a pretty good one. (laughs) Yeah. Fantasy points per route run, number 6 in the entire league. Right. Uh, Yards per route run, he's number 4 currently in the entire league. Uh, He's number 1 in yards after the catch and number 1 in player profilers juke rate for wide receivers. So, like, this is a guy who may be 6'4". 215-220 215-220 who's going up and winning jump balls in the end zone but this is also a guy that if you get the ball to him in the open field so far this season he's actually shown that he's not just a catch and fall down kind of guy Or you know, he, he runs for three yards and then some defensive tackle catches him behind from behind because he's so damn slow so these are the things I'm kind of liking about uh, Nico Collins in an offense that is very surprisingly good and exciting for fantasy production from the passing game outside of uh, Dalton Schultz like just yeah. go away forever please right yeah
1: schultz has been uh definitely disappointing for me this year <laughs> but uh no that's it man that's kind of what i wanted to go over today i think we uh Thank we you. did a pretty good job helping everybody on what they can do on um, what teams that you're contending on and teams that you're not contending on you know you're in the caleb williams drake may tank so um yeah good stuff from from uh, you today i appreciate it man
0: oh no problem i always love coming on here and doing this and now that I don't work that uh crappy hour job, baby. Yes. <laughs> set this baby up for weekly until you get a guest and kick me off.
1: Nah, I'll never kick you off, man. <laughs> um <laughs> So are you ready to play uh, America's favorite game? Then we'll get the hell out of here?
0: That's a silly question. Yes.
1: Alright. Do you have uh do you have Disney Plus? I do. I do. Okay. What is your uh what's been your like favorite uh tv show or whatever on, on disney plus so far marvel star wars uh even something not marvel or star wars what's what's been your favorite uh disney plus show so far
0: man they, they, they've been some pretty good disney plus shows out there right mm-hmm. and then there's also been some of those marvel ones that i just i was like eh, this is kind of like yeah God some of them interest. have
1: been ass. some of them have been good
0: right. i did really i don't know if i sh- a lot of people share the same sentiment but i really did enjoy WandaVision. I thought it was okay. really good. The the Loki one through time. I haven't watched the second season yet, but the first season was very good. Um, probably my favorite thing though about Disney Plus was being able to watch all the Marvel movies. So I actually pulled like a weekend, right? A weekend plus where I watched them all in order, going all the way back to the first yeah. Iron Man, and just and then um, I want to say maybe about and that's when Disney Plus like first came out and they got all yeah. the Marvel stuff. But uh, maybe like two, three, four months ago somewhere in there. I did the thing where I watched them in chronological order yeah, like in the actual timeline. So you go all yes. the way back and you watch the real old stuff, even though that's not how the movies came out. Right, Which was yep. kind of cool to go back and watch it in, in chronological order. It was yep. pretty cool.
1: So I, um, my Marvel experience was I never seen any Marvel movie up until, like this is when Endgame came out. So this was, you know, whatever it was, 2017 or 18 at this yeah. point. um, I had never seen anything. Iron Man. I seen the Captain Americas. That was it. I never seen any of the Iron Mans, gotcha. the Thors, any of that. And like, everybody's just hyping up. Oh, Avengers Endgame, Endgame. Infinity War was awesome. Endgame. I'm like, all right, man. I, li- I do like these kind of movies because I'm a big Batman fan. I do like, you know, superhero movies and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to watch these in chronological order. So you start with... Uh, the first Captain America Winter Soldier movie. And then um, I think the next one is Iron Man. And then I think the third one is actually um, the uh, Miss or no, no, Captain Marvel movie. That's what I'm right. looking for. Uh, so that one like had just came out like right before or after Infinity War. So it just came out. So you're kind of going in that chronological order like you said. So that's how I did it as well. And I banged them out in like, you know, three weeks or whatever, watching all the movies um, from start to finish in, in order all the way up to end game. Um, and just like that whole experience was freaking awesome. So now, you know, watch everything. Marvel always into it and stuff. So uh, that's just kind of my little story. on. But as far as favorite show, um, I agree with you. Low key was probably my favorite of the Marvel brands. And I'm excited for the new season that starts actually uh, tomorrow night is the first episode. Um, there were some crappy ones too. Like, uh, She Hulk was absolutely awful. Right. I don't know if you watched it. Like, I actually was kind of into it. And then the last episode was the worst episode I've ever seen in Marvel anything. It was so bad, the last episode. Uh, that one threw me off. Um, You mentioned WandaVision. Like, I didn't love WandaVision, Mm. but I appreciate it more now after some of these other ones have come out. Um, I really liked uh, Hawkeye. I thought Hawkeye was, like, a cool little fun show. That was a good one. Um, Moon Knight. Moon Knight was, like, a little weird, but it it wasn't bad. Um, You know, just some of those ones. But I think my favorites so far have been on the Star Wars side. Mandalorian has been absolutely awesome. Um, Andor was really, really good. Andor might actually be my favorite, um, of the Disney plus shows that have come out. Um, I do like man, I would probably put Mandalorian and Andor would be, would be my favorites. Um, the Ahsoka show just ended yesterday. I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything, uh, but that was pretty, pretty solid. Um, eight episodes there from, from Ahsoka. Um, definitely, um, Mandalorian though, uh, has been my favorite, um, and uh, and or and then also the book of the Mandalorian, even though it was the book of Boba Fett. But it was three episodes of the So <laughs> I call it the book of the Mandalorian.
0: Those were, had, uh Yeah. I want to give a, a shout out to uh, something that wasn't in the Marvel universe that I first watched when uh, Disney plus like first started uh, first came out. OK. And that they, they, it was a show that was on uh, National Geographic, but they made a series out of the, the movie The Right Stuff. Oh yeah, uh, about yeah, yeah, yeah! The first astronauts, you know, going up, yep. in, uh, going up into space. So, that was actually pretty good, you know. Okay. But they only ended up doing one, uh, one season, I believe. One it season. Was a really good season. I actually like it. I know, uh, Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. I don't think they liked it that much, but I think it's probably because it's right. just so little known. But I really enjoyed it actually.
1: So one of the obscure ones that I watched too, um, is uh, it's obviously a kids show, so it wasn't really for me. Uh, but was the Mighty Ducks return season. So they did two yeah. seasons of those. Yep. So I did watch those. They were more like kid stuff, like not yeah. for adults or anything, yep. uh, but I didn't mind them. I know they canceled that series, you know, so that's done. Wasn't as good because they only had like a couple of the, um, you know, old Mighty Ducks players come back. Another one that was actually um, kind of solid. Um, they did the uh, National Treasure Show too. Uh last year that one was uh was pretty decent as well i thought not as great as as i thought it could be but i saw um recently that there's talks of um a third national treasure movie coming out so i'm super excited about that if they uh if this kind of ground started a third movie to finally get
0: made is nicholas cage still around and kicking
1: i yeah he's been making he's been making all kinds of killer movies like he's in that phase where he just does movies that he wants to do like it doesn't have to be mainstream like if it's a cool script or whatever he's just gonna do it because he's nick cage and he can you know he doesn't give a shit
0: i just know he had that that one stretch where it was like dog shit movie after dog shit like that straight to dvd right. shit where it was oh like, yeah uh the indianapolis uss indianapolis movie that was a hard <laughs> one to watch like that was brutal. Um and then you did, like, some, like, New Orleans Detective 1, which was fucking horrible, right. too. So I just wanted to make sure we have transitioned out of the, uh, the dog shit stage. Kind of like the, the Bruce Willis had that there for a while, too. Yeah. like, the straight DVD shit, where they mm. lost it. And then they always seem to come back, and like, at the end of their careers. Like, now they're the cool old guy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's
1: like a lot of people don't realize that there's five Die Hard movies. And the, the fifth one was, like... I was one of the only people who went to the theater to see this damn thing. Is that the one where
0: uh, he gets his kid in Russia?
1: Yes. 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 Right. It's um, I forget the actor, but I know he was in um, the uh, Divergent would, Divergent movies. Yeah, he was one he of was those. In the,
0: like Terminator Genesis too. With, yeah, he uh, played like yeah. John Connor in that one. Yeah. yeah unfortunately another series that they've done way too many of
1: <laughs> right yes yeah, so, so people like don't even remember that fifth one like he was in russia like i don't i don't think i've seen that movie since um the i saw time. it in the theaters yeah that the one was like time a one-time or... thing yep. uh but i've seen the other four plenty of times god i watched um i watched die hard one or die hard two every single christmas eve
0: i really like four with justin long just because I'm a big fan. Yeah, of he's
1: one. uh, yeah, that was that's actually a very underrated one, one. It's yeah. always on TV too. So Samuel uh, L.
0: Jackson one's always really good.
1: Yep, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. All the
0: diehards were good except for five, but it's kind of like Rocky. Right. Like all the Rocky movies have been good except for yeah. five. Yeah, and and Rocky Balboa, which I guess would be six. That was. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. I didn't mind. I didn't mind that one. Like I thought. I kind of liked that one. Uh with him. I mean, it wasn't like the old Rocky movie. It doesn't even compare to one, two, three, or four. I get that. Right. Um, but then you kind of you got in with the Creed movies, too. Like I hadn't watched um the Creed movies up until earlier this year. I finally got around to watching all three right before cool. right before Creed three came out. I'm like, man, i I just hadn't had time to watch the first two, so I cranked out the first two. Uh, like the day before creed three came out and then i went the next day to go see creed three uh, but those movies are awesome like all three of the creed yes, movies sir. i absolutely loved so um yeah a little longer america's favorite game but That's uh up. i think people kind of enjoy uh talking about it and living through us uh, what we like and then starting a little conversation about it on twitter it's always good
0: let's go buddy This is a good Hell one yeah yes
1: all right guys so i appreciate you guys checking it out uh one more shout out to adam and fizzle on the uh intro absolutely love it you'll see that every single week on here on youtube a podcast version you'll hear it so i appreciate uh adam and fizzle for doing that uh make sure you guys follow me at eric vanek nfl on twitter at america's game pod to follow the podcast at south Harmon ff on twitter uh, we post everything on there that we're doing, all the podcasts, all the articles, all the cool stuff that we got going on. Uh, make sure you guys join the Patreon, South Harmon on there as well. Search for that. Uh, join the Discord community. We got a really good Discord community. Everybody's helping out in there, I see. Start, sit questions, trade questions, uh, anything that you got questions about. It's a really, really good community. Everybody's willing to help out. You know, there's no dickheads in there being mean to people and calling out people it's, it's it's, it's all you know tight-knit community It's really good if you're looking for that kind of thing i definitely recommend um joining the south harman patreon every sunday morning too we got the start sit show me mike adam we're on there every single sunday morning for you guys answering start sit questions if you got any questions uh for your lineups that week feel free to join us on youtube live every sunday morning and um you know we'll be happy to answer your questions there so um yeah, with that, anything else you got, Mike? Before we get out of here,
0: that's all I got, man. Just come check out South Harmon. We got a lot to offer. Hell yeah! Warp tools to crazy ass America's game. <laughs> <laughs> America's favorite game. where we go far too long talking about all our favorite movies? We started 60 exactly. plus and transitioned into to Die
1: Hard and riot, Rocky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I could I could do it. Uh, yeah. South Harmon fucking movies podcast. think we and might shows. Have to set that up. You know, maybe in the
0: off season, just yeah. one off. You know, whatever. We'll oh yeah, we'll have week, yeah, be like a South six hour podcast. podcast. Yeah. All right. So,
1: all right, guys. Appreciate you guys uh, checking us out. Make sure uh, follow YouTube's, um, all of us on Twitter. That's all I ask for. Uh, see you our stuff every week. So we'll be back next week for episode eleven. See you guys. Let's go.